You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to Halford and Bruff. There's going to be no staples. There's going to be no pillars today. Frank the Tank. I'm going to Frank the Tank. There you go. Jet. We're gonna go to Vegas right now. He just called the last two goal scores. I don't drink, so it's nothing to sweat out. Um, I was in the gym most of the time there. A lot of tech to test determined. That was a lot. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Alfred. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes. In Vancouver, Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them. At 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sorefeet, what are you waiting for? It's a Kintech. We're not doing accents. I feel like I'm doing the hand. I know, but... For the dozens watching on the stream, I'm doing the hand. That is definitely a high number. Yeah, uh, that's true. Look, this was maybe, and I hate to say it this way, but the lamest sports weekend we've had in quite some time. It was just, just, just... Awful. Even the final round of Pebble Beach got rained out. It did? Yeah, it's done. Oh. Yeah. The final round they, they 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 just gave and it, it's fun it's funny too. It's funny. This is a this is a bit of a dad joke. There was a lot of wind at Pebble Beach and you know who won? They just gave him the championship after three rounds. Wyndham Clark. <laughs> Wyndham was very good. I don't get it. In the wind. Use the sound effect. <laughs> no, I won't. It's too early for the wind sound effect. It's never too early, but we'll I can't believe along. you guys are slandering the NHL All-Star game like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, one you the, can't one believe of, One it? of the greatest sports we'll, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> really. We'll talk about that in just a sec. Briefly. Uh, the show today. Three guests for your listening pleasure. Uh, begins at 6.30. David Amber, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet NHL host. As mentioned. Yeah, we can talk about the All-Star game with him. He's yeah, there. we have one question about the All-Star game. Is it over? And then we'll move along to other things. <laughs> the, you know what? For the, the, there was a good takeaway from All-Star Weekend because they used it as a platform to announce the international calendar. Right. So that's pretty cool. In the Four Nations tournaments, so we can talk to David about that. And, of course, the NHL is back underway tonight. No rest for the weary. Uh, two games tonight, the Islanders and the Leafs, and then the Avs and the Rangers. So David Amber at 6.30, 7.30. Mike Tannier, our NFL insider here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 6.50. We will begin. Our week-long look at the Super Bowl with Mike starting today. Uh, we, we're not going to do one of those things where we book an NFL guest every single day of the week. I feel like Jason and I can handle a lot of the prep, but we will have multiple NFL guests on this weekend as we look forward to Sunday's big football game. There's a Clayton Public House reference in there for later. Uh, Mike Tannier is going to join us at 7.30, o'clock. Kevin Woodley, uh, in Goal Magazine, NHL.com. Uh, we will do a sort of hybrid look at the Canucks. Goaltending stories from around the NHL did poor goaltending lead to Todd McClellan's dismissal in Los Angeles. We'll talk to Woodley about that. And finally, but perhaps most importantly, we are back to giving things away, good things, prizes, to our listeners. Uh, Every day this week, 
we are giving away a pair of three-day tournament passes to the HSBC Rugby Sevens. It's a three-day rugby extravaganza at BC Place from February 23rd to 25th. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with the event, it's a lot of fun. It is a nonstop frenzy of rugby over the three days. People dress up funny. You can dress up like Mario and Luigi or... Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, whoever you want to dress up like, it's 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 encouraged. And you, you had go, me at Mary on Luigi. You go almost every year, Jason. Mm-hmm. It's one of your favorite sporting events on the calendar. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot so, of fun. So uh, that's going to go to the best what we learned. Dunbar number text line is six fifty six fifty hashtag wwl, and we're putting a what are we doing for the emoji? We're doing a Canada. Yeah, emoji? It's the Canadian stop of the Rugby Sevens Tour, so Canadian flag. Canadian flag emoji. Just like on your bumper sticker. Uh, do that, and you will be entered into a grand prize contest to win a pair of uh, tickets to the three-day tournament pass to the HSBC Rugby Sevens. Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. What we learned over the last 72 hours in sports. Uh, working in reverse on the guest list real quick. 8 o'clock, Kevin Woodley. 7.30, Mike Tannier. 6.30, David Amber. That is what's happening on the program today. Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? What happened? What happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance. Making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.com. CA. We will begin with the Vancouver Canucks. Speaking of not wasting any time getting back into action, the Vancouver Canucks practiced on Sunday, basically 24 hour, hours away from the all-star extravaganza in Toronto. The Canucks got back at it uh, in rally, and the biggest question, of course, was where would newly acquired Elias Lindholm play? Well, the answer, he is now a winger. Playing alongside Elias Pettersson, his new sw- center, and Ilya Mikheyev on the, I guess, second line. Although I don't like to put numbers on lines anymore because they're all first lines in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in your heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tockett was saying that he he actually gave the option to the guys that were all at the All-Star game to uh, take the practice off yesterday. They practice, I think, at 6 o'clock local time, and they might practice again today before playing the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday and the guys are like, "Are you crazy? Like, I'm I'm not taking the option. We got we got a good thing going here." So he was he was happy to um, hear that and see he had a full squad out there. Linus Carlson got called up. He was one of the extras, and so was Phil DiGiuseppe and Mark Friedman. But everyone wanted to talk about um, Elias Lindholm and how he was going to fit in. And Rick Tockett was kind of like the rest of us, where he's like. Yeah, I mean, imagine he's going to play with PD to start, but who knows? And one of the things he was saying is that there's a lot of time to work out different line combinations. Um, there's a lot of different times to experiment, and there are some tough games coming up. Mm-hmm. And with tough games come tough matchups. And Laddie, here's here's Rick talking on um, how he can now deploy. Uh, Elias Lindholm in many, many different ways. I, I like situational hockey. I think you have to have situational hockey uh, going forward. Um, there's going to be some matchups uh, coming up here. Um, so if I can have Lindy play low sometimes, if Petey's last guy to come out of the run, 
that's a hybrid for me. Um, I think Lindholm's a really good centerman, and I got him on the wing, so I'm, I don't know if I'm going to keep him on the wing. I, I got to feel comfortable with myself because I know he's a very good centerman. Um, I know Petey plays well at center. Sometimes I throw him on the wing, so we'll see how that goes. And I'm, I know, I'm not even sure if that's the line. I'm just saying right now we're going to try to implement it very slowly and um, interchangeable. play the way you know so we got a lot of different sentiment that can play the way so a lot of centers it's a good problem to have basically the canucks are like every canadian olympic team where they have to ask some guys that regularly play center to bump to the wing they're probably actually better than the canadian olympic team the way things have been going you'd have to say so everything has been going it's gonna be pretty well for the the canucks looks Um, like we got our video for the day um remember their last game before the all-star break was a 5-4 win in overtime over the Columbus Blue Jackets in which they fell behind 4-1, to one, went into the third period, came back, won the game. Um, and now they start off with a pretty tough test Yeah, with a five-game road trip that starts in Carolina, then goes to Boston on Thursday, and then back-to-back games in... Just the worst back to back. Early start times in Detroit, in Washington, Just Washington, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so that's going to actually going to be a great sports watching day for Vancouver sports fans. You get a Sunday morning of the Canucks and the Capitals, and then pretty much straight into the pre Super Bowl festivities. So uh, pace yourself if yep. you're at a party. Uh, and then the road trip wraps up Tuesday in Chicago. So you're looking at it and you're going, okay, well, Carolina and Boston are both going to be really tough games. Detroit is going to be a tough game. And then you got to play tired in Washington. Sure, you might be looking at Chicago and going, yeah, we'll probably win them. Or we should better win then. Um, but that's, you know, the final game of a road trip. Then the Canucks are back home for a couple uh, against Detroit and Winnipeg. Then they go out to go out on the road again for three more against Minnesota, Colorado, and Seattle. And it kind of kind of brings this question to my mind. Um, is this when the adversity is going to strike Potentially. for the Canucks? I guess they've passed all sorts of tests, but this is another one. But you know what's kind of funny? In the back of my mind, I kind of want some adversity for this team. Like, I, I, I know... It's a, it's a weird thing to say, and I know they have had a few things go not quite their way. You know, Kuzmenko individually struggled before he was traded. Uh, Susie has had um, a couple of injuries himself. But overall, as a team, remember, this is a team that has only lost two straight twice and has yet to lose three straight and in the back of my mind, you know, like how there are teams like the Boston Bruins last season that go through the entire season and everything's going well for them and they get to the playoffs and like they strike adversity and they don't really know how to deal with it. And then they're out in the first round. Like, I just don't want that to happen to the Canucks. Maybe I'm being ridiculous. Maybe I'm, you know, f- thinking of things to go wrong just because well, I'm a lifelong Canucks fan. But I can see the Canucks. Like, I can see, like, like you know, like, instinctual Jason Canucks fan is like, they're going to finish this entire regular season like with no adversity and then get swept in the first round. Well, it'll be like, like the, Bruin, the Bruins last year. Well, that's yeah, my fear. literally just said that. It'll be like, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm paying yeah. attention. Yeah, now, that, that is totally my fear as well. I agree with him completely. Um, I'm glad that you brought up the Bruins of last year because that Bruins team, you know how many uh, three-game losing streaks or more that they suffered last year? 
won. Yeah. And it was a three-game losing streak in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And then you know when their only other three-game losing streak of the season happened was <laughs> yeah. in the first round against uh, Florida. After they went up 3-1? Yeah. That was it. <laughs> and now you can't really, I mean, it's unfair to say, like, well, they didn't have any experience in dealing with adversity. But in a certain way, you're almost talking about some beyond the, the ice type things, like the, the karmatic experience of, oh, well, we've gone through our hard times and we've come out the other side. And every team goes through a spell. That's what everyone says, yeah. right? Every team goes through a spell. Remember when the, the Tampa Bay Lightning? Lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets in the opening mm-hmm. round of the playoffs. What was the refrain there from John Cooper? He's like, we just happen to have our worst stretch of the season <laughs> in the opening round of the playoffs. Like, we didn't get it out of our system. Yeah, and this is all very, very, like, again, I talk about karma and, you yeah. know, the hockey gods and getting the bad mojo out and everything. But it exists. It exists in some way, shape, or it, form. It exists in your mind, maybe, a little bit. And sometimes that, but no, that can happen. Here's you know? the thing. No team wants to go and go and go and go and in the back of their mind have, well, we haven't hit that that road bump yet. We yeah. haven't hit that skid. Now, stretch s- of bad luck or whatever. You know? I'll say this. At the onset of the season, I remember... Just one, just one serious injury to a star player. Is that too much to ask for? When, are, what am or, I like, or like a secondary guy? <laughs> well, they've already had Susie, that with Susie, yeah. right? Uh, we tertiary guy. Anyway... Um, <laughs> It, when, when the schedule came out at the beginning of the year, everyone looked at the seven-game road trip to start 2024 as the big challenge of the year, right? Mm-hmm. It was pretty obvious. It was a seven-game swing, and you looked at the time, that run where they had to go through uh, New Jersey. Colors might have been the best hockey they've played all year. This is actually probably tougher because they are playing eight of their next ten on the road. Mm-hmm. So that's a. I, I know you get a gap where you come home. And you actually you're playing Detroit twice in seven days, which is some awfully interesting scheduling. But the two home games are against Detroit, who's a playoff team right now in the East, and Winnipeg, who's mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the West. So if you're and then looking, you got to go on the road and play a team like Colorado. Right, you go Minnesota, Colorado, Seattle. I mean, say what you will about Minnesota, they're not very good. But Seattle's on the fringes of the playoffs, and Colorado's one of the best teams in the West. And that's another early start time, Monday, 11 a.m. our time. So a family day for us. And what is that for the U.S.? President's Day? I don't know. I think it is President's Day. Anyway, point being, uh, you could very well make the argument that this is the toughest stretch of the season coming up. This 10-game stretch right out of the All-Star break might end up being it. Now, I'm not saying they're not up for the challenge. As a matter of fact... I don't know if this was Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford's plan when they acquired Elias Lindholm when they did, but it sure is interesting that the biggest prize maybe at the NHL's annual trade deadline got picked up over a month in advance, and they did it prior to the deadline. And they're coming out of this deadline going Carolina, who's the fourth best team in the East, Boston, who's the second best team in the East, those are two really stiff challenges right off the hop. And I don't know if you noticed the kind of hockey that those two teams were playing going into the break. Like the Carolina team. Remember when Carolina came here in December mm-hmm. and they lost 4-3? Yeah. And then the Canucks broke them in they half. Were, they were leaky. They had a players-only meeting afterwards? Mm-hmm. Well, that one worked. Because they were 14-12-1 after they lost that game. Since then, they're 14 3 and two. Well, they're a team that plays to its system when it's playing well, and if they get goaltending, they are really good. I like so some the, of the texts coming into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Steven North Sandwich, as they're not freaking years, and another one. We got our adversity out of the way last year. Guys, this is kind of tongue-in-cheek that we're doing this thing. There's um, always new adversity. You know, uh, I just wonder, I just wonder 
if it's going to strike and, and in what way, and part of this is being a Canucks fan, like waiting for the other shoe to drop, because I think we can all admit that this season has gone so remarkably well that we're still kind of in shock. Like we just watched an all-star game um, where the Canucks had five player representatives, their head coach, who's probably the leading candidate to be coach of the year, and they had just made a trade for a guy who happened to be going to the All-Star game. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's been an amazing, amazing season, and I hope it continues. I'm not expecting this thing to come crashing to a halt, but, you know, we got to maintain our brand here. We're all still Canucks fans, and we know what goes on. With the Canucks, um, we'll the talk way, a little. We'll talk a little bit more about the All Star Game with David Amber. Um, we didn't talk about it at all, really. But but uh, a dog, we're going to need you here um, for. Okay, I'll tell you what my All Star experience was this weekend. Okay. I was kind of excited is too strong a word for the skills competition, but I was kind of intrigued for the skills competition because I thought. Oh, this might be better with just, you know, how many other guys, how many, they have 12 guys or something competing in it. Yes. And I thought, okay, it'll maybe be a little more streamlined. Maybe it'll be more competitive. Like the guys will be super intense and they'll want to show off. Um, I watched the fastest skater competition. I always love seeing McDavid skate. I just think it is absolutely incredible. The other guys, too. I love watching it when they um, have it in slow motion and you can see the guy's strides. And, you know, it, it's just like it just amazes me because I was sure. always such a bad skater when I played. I still am. So I love watching guys skate. And Did you see the overlay where they had the ghosted view of all the yeah. players against McDavid, yeah, and he was good. just clearing yeah. the pack? I mean, like, McDavid, unbelievable. McDavid, stuff. McDavid is 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 incredible. I, I I his his speed is something I've you know, and his talent it's 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 really incredible. And then so I was like, Feels wow, like there's a butt coming here. There's a huge butt coming. Um, and then they went right into uh, they went right into the one-timer competition. One time. Where they were, um, you know, they had targets on the net or whatever, and I was like, four points if you go bar down or three points if you go here. And I was like, eh. And then I, like, quickly got so bored with it. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't – I this is practice. This that I, I can see this in every warm-up. If I go to a, an NHL game, like, yeah, it might not be quote-unquote competitive, but I don't need to see the best players in the world take a soft one-timer at a net with points in it. Like, I, it just, this is Plinko on, on ho- in, in hockey. I actually enjoy Plinko more because it's more random. It's true. Um, and I checked out. I was done. You know, and then I followed along a little bit with social media and people were like, oh, Kucherov is getting booed. And I, so you and didn't I, see the one on one. And you missed the one on one. I did not go back. Okay, because there were I did a not couple go back highlights towards to the end. The All Star Weekend. Okay, I did yeah. not watch any of the games. So that and, and listen, I just determined, hey, this isn't for me, and that's fine. Let's do a, ca- a point counterpoint here. So Jason Bruff has made his statements and feelings known on the All Star Game. Now we turn our attention to 13 year old Andy Cole, Hello. who loves the All Star Game I and love loves his the best. A bit, but uh, tell, me, tell me your. Thing. I'm not going to disagree with him on a couple of the. Uh, events like the one he was mentioning, also that passing one where they just pass into the numbers. 
those were incredibly boring. Like, I was almost, like, changing the channel up. I was like, I do not care about this. It is so dumb. The players seem checked out. But then towards the end, it got a bit better. The one-on-one where the players pick the goalies they go up against, that was a lot of fun. It was actually quite entertaining. Uh, this, the uh, Why was it entertaining? Just because the, guy, the guys looked like they cared, and they yeah. made some good moves, some good saves. It was fun. It was They seemed to be having fun with it. The idea itself was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seemed a little more involved in, in it, I guess. In Who terms picked of- Demko? Oh, that's a good question. You picked Demko. But it wasn't a Canuck. I, no, no, Miller, no, no, no. Miller, Miller, you're, you're not allowed to pick your own teammate. Yeah. Oh, M- Miller picked Swayman, right? And that was a, that was the thing because yep. then Demko snubbed Swayman yes. when he tried to give him a hug. I yeah. saw all that. And then the uh, there was the obstacle course at the very end to f- finish it off. And that was fun as well. Like That's a, that's always cool. I to saw McDavid run through that and he like blew away. Oh, yeah. And, and that's also awesome because it's like McDavid obviously won the event. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, and he was just—he showcased how much better he is at this kind of stuff than almost everybody else. It's just I love—I love the people that were like, uh, he rigged it so he could win it. It's like he rigged it by being an amazing hockey yeah, player. Yeah, by being That's how he that much it. better. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say the skills comp was great by any means. It was mm-hmm. very average, but I would say it was better than previous years. That's a very low bar. Uh, but I will say the game itself, or at least two of the three games, mm-hmm. were ultimately pretty enjoyable. Like the the one the Canucks played against the Leafs, which was pretty much all it was right uh they actually looked like they care they were actually trying out there the final game was actually quite enjoyable again the players looked like they wanted to play for a bit of pride <laughs> the one i saw that i saw the replay the first of game Petey's was goal. probably the most boring i saw the replay of Petey's goal from frank vetrano and everyone was like we got to get frank vetrano yep. too but like come on come on a dog like no one was playing defense on that well of course not it's the all-star game but you know that yes, i mean that's not there is very little defense in the all-star game if any and but people but i don't people, think that's ever going to change in this but, but I saw people being hit. like this brought the all-star game back there was like intensity out there and then I flip on the highlights and I'm like guys are standing around defensively and no, that's not I, that's not intense. I wouldn't call it intense I would say it was the players are trying as much as they possibly could have in that situation to play with a bit of pride but it was <laughs> in no way intense as, in as any way whatsoever. just as much as possible to yeah well to given the situation exactly give that so I'm here so I don't get fined kind of thing you know like it's it, given the situation it was probably as good as it could have been unless they completely overhauled the format except for Nikita Kucherov except well no but he the game itself he was he I think he got the first goal of the tourney like yeah, the actual yeah, yeah. game he was actually he was actually trying out there for the games, but no, he was awful at the skills comp. He did not we want to be. I, I, I watched uh, Monsieur Spade on AMC. I had those uh, on uh, on my PVR. It's about uh, Sam Spade, the old private I you detective. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Monsieur Spade. Uh, uh, it's about Sam Spade um, who goes to France to essentially retire. And he he runs into a case, um, and it's and it was very good. I had a bunch a of them of piled up on the PVR. Um, not so much capers. It's Clive Owen, Owen though. So oh, like cool. yeah, yeah, it was Great yeah. It's it's it, that Are was you sipping tea while you're watching. That was yeah. I was, it was I was definitely not watching the All Star game. I was watching that. I chose I chose the weekend to watch things other than sports. Some of the players were watching that on the bench. Actually. <laughs> yeah, they were like. <laughs> Your spade. Uh, okay, before we go to break, I do want to mention the probably the biggest news of the weekend, uh, at least on a personal level. The World Cup announcement was yesterday, and this is where the World Cup games are going to be played in 2026. As everybody knows, the FIFA World Cup is being held in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. And guess what, Vancouver? We're getting seven, count them, seven matches. One more than stupid Toronto. Take that, Toronto. You only get six. 13 matches combined in the Pacific Northwest between the seven being held in Vancouver at BC Place and the six being held in Seattle at Lumen Field. 
Uh, two Canada matches as well, which is just terrific, and possibly a third or even a fourth, depending on how far they go into the knockout stages. <laughs> and a lot of people are already like, who are they going to play? It's like, we don't know. There's yeah. three qualified teams for this uh, tournament right now, and that are the three hosts, Canada, U.S., and Mexico. It is going to be a newer well, it's just going to be a bigger tournament. Yep. Well, there's, the format's significantly different. There's, there's, 40, now, yeah. there's 48 teams. Yeah. So four groups of 12, and then 32 teams advance to the round of 32. 12 groups of four. Um, 12 groups of four, and then so you got the top two teams in each group, and then three, um, or sorry, eight uh, of the best third-place teams. So... Canada, I suppose, in theory, has a better chance to advance to the knockout stage. And if they do, the first two games will be at BC Place. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's yeah. This is definitely more than I expected. Um, having two knockout stage games is awesome. So they get a round of 32 and a round of 16. Having a round of 16 game in the World Cup is awesome. Um, and then you look Especially at... Especially if Canada could play in it. I mean, I'm not particularly optimistic about it. Well, who knows? It's but, you know, so far away. Canada, uh, I know we, we're going to get to bring and talk to David Amber a little bit more, but Canada has got a big game coming up against Trinidad and Tobago to qualify for Copa America, mm-hmm. and that is very, very important that they win that. Very important because with Copa America, they're going to actually play some really quality teams in um, a high-stakes, pressure, meaningful competition because they don't remember they don't have to qualify for this world cup so they're not going to have that intensity to qualify for the world cup they need to qualify for this tournament alfonso davies just got hurt yeah uh in a game for Bayern. so hopefully he's ready for that i think the trinidad and tobago games in like seven weeks and they're like uh could be like a month with davies so hopefully he's ready for that you're listening to the best of halford and bruff you're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. Eight oh two on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet six fifty. Halford Bruff. The morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. That's Kevin Woodley's music. You know it, you love it. He's coming up in just a minute here. Hour three of the Halford and Bruff show is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech. Uh, our next guest is from Ingle Magazine and NHL.com. He is also a presentation of White Rock Hyundai. He joins us now. Kevin Woodley here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Woods? How are we, boys? How, how are we this fine Monday morning after an all-star weekend? Yeah, we're good. Uh, we managed we to... We're dying for real sports. Please give oh, us some. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, we can also drum up some fake controversy. Can you tell us why Thatcher Demko hates Jeremy Swayman? Uh, yeah, um, listen, this is for the very same reasons that he may not have hugged him are the very same reasons that I did not text Thatcher Demko to get to the bottom of this. Attaboy. Um, I get it. There, there may be, like, I know Canucks fans want this to be a Bruins-Canucks thing. Maybe it was a bit. Those things are all possible. 
But at the end of the day, I think if you know Thatcher a little bit, he's not there to dance for you. Um, the extra stuff to him is extra. And I'll give you, to me, the best example from my perspective is we have at Ingle Magazine, we sit down and do video reviews with NHL goalies. Like they, they go over their saves, they tell us what they're seeing, they explain their depth decisions, their save selections. It's like how to read the game in the eyes of an NHL goaltender. And it's fantastic. And last year, Thatcher Demko sat down with me and went over video for 45 minutes. And it's some of the most insightful analysis that we've had on the site. Uh, by the way, goalies, you can go subscribe right now. Um, but when I asked him, because we have other goalies that will show us, every goalie sort of tapes their stick uniquely, and he, has, he takes the, tapes the knob of his stick uniquely. And I once asked him, like, hey, would you ever show us how you do it and why? And, like, that's the kind of – he's like, nobody cares. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's just kind of who he is. And, and, like, so it's a running bit between us, but he's, he's never going to do it. I know other guys, like a guy that I think is actually at the AHL All-Star game this year, um, having a great season, second year in the AHL, that actually tapes the knob of his, his stick the exact same way because that's how Thatcher Demko does it. So people do care, but there are just certain things um, that he doesn't care if they care about. And so he can be a little... Uh, trying to find the right words here. Like he just, he's not going to dance for us. Uh, we've seen in the media at times, and I guess Jeremy, my guess is Jeremy Swayman saw the same thing. He just says, he doesn't have time for your nonsense. He's here for hockey. Uh, how much attention have you paid to the trade deadline as it pertains to the goalie market? Because there just seems like it's a constantly evolving one with, you know, teams like in the case of Los Angeles, it's like, well, the goaltending kind of hits the skids and now they fired their head coach. Will they address it? Injuries have propped up and cropped up. And now you're talking about maybe Jacob Markstrom entering the mix as well in Calgary because they seem to be in sales mode. How much attention have you been paying to that facet of the trade deadline, the goaltending angle? Yeah. I mean, a lot. Um, in part because it goaltending at the deadline is sort of a like it's not a lot of teams believe that it can fix things, especially if you wait until the deadline. Like we've yeah. seen more examples of it failing than it succeeding, right? Like yes, the Vegas Golden Knights won with Aiden Hill, who they got for next to nothing off the San Jose Sharks, but he had an entire season to get comfortable. Um, for as much as we laud Jim Rutherford for his early work at the deadline, um, I think teams that have goalie needs or goalie interests. Uh, or would would be best to follow suit and give their goalies enough time to get comfortable behind a new team. And it's not just systems. We've talked about this before. It's not just like the X's and O's because you can figure that out that pretty quickly. It's tendencies within that. Like when is my defenseman going to force a player? Is it at the blue line? Is it at the you know off the rush? Is it at the blue line? Top of the circles? Is it down near the hash marks? Like these are the little tendencies that you know to go back to those video sessions they do with the NHL goalies. As much as they tell us about, you know, and the pass option is and how he's holding his hands and reading hips and blade angles and all these things that go into reading a play, like as maybe more than that is what your defenseman's going to do. And so having a goalie go behind a, a new group of defensemen, behind a new system, get used to their tendencies within that system, it takes time. And so if you're, you know, if you're looking to solve a problem and, and, Listen, like Los Angeles has sagged a little bit defensively, but not nearly as much as their goaltending has. So um, absolutely, I could see them being in the market. Then you better do it early. And so what makes it tough, you're right, is a guy like Jacob Marshall would answer a lot of people's problems. 
Um, he's arguably a Vesna candidate the way he's playing this year behind a team that plays pretty loose. Um, and the Calgary Flames appear to be selling. The question is whether Markstrom will be part of that. And if you're a team that wants that answer, I would suggest finding it out now and not closer to March 8th. Um, Kev, the Canucks are going to play the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow. Their goaltending situation always seems to be yeah. a bit uncertain, and that is definitely the case right now. Now, the good news is that Frederick Anderson was cleared last week to begin on-ice workouts again. Um, he had been out since November, early November, because of a blood clotting issue. Um, he's 34 years old. Um, they've actually, you know, Spencer Martin has played a game for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, do you expect them to be involved in any trade discussions, or is there a guy that you would identify in Carolina right now as the guy that they can rely on going into the playoffs? Because this is a pretty good team. Otherwise, they just haven't been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. Yeah, they kind of they didn't defend at the beginning of the year the way they typically defend. Um, that took a little while to come around, but it has. And the fact that they haven't gone out, that they've sort of looked for, you know, with all due respect, Band-Aid solutions off waivers, um, tells me that they they had an inkling Frederick Anderson was coming back because he solves or has the potential to solve a lot of problems for them, if that's the case, and, and sort of remove these questions. Not only do you get Freddie Anderson back if he's healthy and they, and they trust that he can play the rest of the season, but you slot Auntie Ranta. Like, that's the thing. When Auntie Ranta was a 1B to Freddie Anderson's 1A, he was at times brilliant. Like, he was posting really good numbers. As soon as he had to be the one, you know, he ended up in the minor league. role that seems to bring out the worst in him. I, I hate to say it, but, I mean, it's true. I sort of every time he's asked to be the guy, things haven't gone well. So, you... But but as soon as you have Freddie back, he plays really well. So if you think that will return with Freddie's return, you're fine. There's nothing that's going to be better without making a major investment in there. If, if, you know, last I checked, they were up close to the cap too. So it's not like bringing in a Markstrom type um, is is easily done. And also, you know, one of the things that makes Jacob Markstrom's season so remarkable in Calgary is how well he's playing behind a team that plays so loose and keeps him so busy. Like, last I checked, his expected save percentage is like 872 or 874, like one of the lower ones in the league, the lowest for a starter by far. And it's his ability to sort of outperform a bad environment that makes his season so remarkable. Well, it's a totally different environment in Carolina, and arguably, like, Los Angeles, too. Like, so there are some questions about whether a goalie succeeding the way he is behind a bad team will have the same level of success behind a good team. Mm. In Freddie Anderson, if he does come back healthy and, and everything, all those questions are answered for them, you've got a guy who's comfortable with his environment, has, has played well behind good teams, and again, you sort of up the value of his backup in Ranta. And Kochetkov, as he's gotten more time, to me he's always been way too inconsistent and way too reliant on the sort of goalie nine one one athleticism that he clearly has. Um, but as the year's gone on, he's kind of... He's kind of leveled off a little bit and, and, and played a steadier game. So you could go from sort of wondering who the hell they got to having three decent options, and that's kind of how they've always run, run that franchise, no? The Canucks are in Boston on Thursday, and based on team save percentage, the Bruins are one of the best in the NHL, like the Vancouver Canucks. What do the numbers say? What do the underlying numbers say about 
how much that is system related because we all know a team like the Bruins, they have just this reputation for having a certain way that they play. Patrice Bergeron may not be on the team anymore, but his legacy is still there kind of with Zidane Chara, and, you know, you even go back to Claude Julien as the head coach. Um, how much of it is system related versus the actual goaltending talent of Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark? It's both. Um, is it a good environment? Yes. Is it any better than what the Canucks have produced in front of their goalies this season? It, like, it's not, they're similar, right? There are different things within the details in terms of, um, you know, sort of like the micro stats, like what type of chances, but overall, the overall underlying defensive profile is similar. Swayman and Elmark, for as good as they were even last year, nobody outperformed his environment by a larger margin than Linus Elmark. Like, he was full value for the Vezina Trophy. Now, is that easier to do behind a predictable system? Absolutely. But again, the whole point of ClearSight Analytics is to measure shot quality. So you get credit when you outperform, you know, even relatively easily, easy defensive environments. And he did at a really high level. And Swayman's done the same thing this year. So, um, you know, the guy that doesn't get enough talk, you know, amidst all the hype that, say, Nick Clark gets here in Vancouver or uh, Benoit Lair, deservedly so, gets in, in New York is our old friend Sideshow Bob, goalie Bob Essenza. Um, the job he's done coaching there, some of the things that he's instituted in all Mark's game, uh, it, something Linus admitted to me last year, he didn't like during the first year and wasn't even willing to try or go, go all in on that little bit of what they call drift where you sort of, even on a point shot, you'll sort of back up on purpose ever so slightly to give yourself a little bit of backwards momentum, backwards flow in a game where so many pucks end up going east west, whether it's a fake pass or sorry, fake shot in a pass, or a puck off legs, give himself a chance on those plays. Like, There's elements to things he teaches that are catching on more and more so around the league, and I don't know that he gets enough credit for it, but in addition to Allmark, uh, in addition to Swayman, they've, they've got Brandon Boosie coming up, who, if I remember correctly, was a was a unsigned college free agent signing who's, you know, last I checked, having a hell of a year in the American League, and they're big on him too. So, um, yes, they are a team a lot of goalies would like to play behind, but the goalies that are playing behind it have done an exceptional job each of the last two years and are full value uh, in Allmark's case for the awards he gets and in Swayman's case, even though it was probably fan voted, um, for the recognition he gets at the All-Star Game. We are speaking to Kevin Woodley from NHL.com and In Goal Magazine here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Kevin is a presentation of White Rock Hyundai. Hyundai! Hyundai! Hyundai out of Hyundai. my nose. Uh, visit the close, show, close one. Visit the showroom on King George in White Rock or White Rock Hyundai.com. I want to do a fun exercise. Let's have some fun. Let's do a fun hey, exercise. Of, can I just say that I'm really glad to hear that the Canucks are heading to Boston. I hadn't looked ahead on the schedule because now somebody else gets to ask Thatcher to go. Yeah, and it's someone on the road, right? From Boston will do it. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's yeah. a Boston media question. Yeah. I want, to, I want to do a fun exercise here, though, with Kev, because uh, over All-Star Weekend, one of the things that the NHL announced was the launch of the Four Nations Tournament. So I thought, hey... Let's put Kev on the spot, and we'll go rapid fire. Although you get to explain your choice. You're going to name the starting goalie for all four teams at this tournament. I'm going to give you the choices as we go along, okay? So I'll help you out. I'm not going to throw you totally on the spot, okay? We begin with Team Finland. Your options are UC Saros in Nashville, Uko Pekalukkanen in Buffalo, Eunice Corpusalo in Ottawa, and you just mentioned him, Antti Ranta in Carolina. UC Saros, no questions. That's not, yeah, that was a bit of a no-brainer, right? Yeah, okay. I like that you started with an easy one. Thank you. No problem. Okay, we go to Team Sweden. 
Linus Allmark. Henrik Lundqvist. Who, yeah, we could, the most handsome guy, 100%. <laughs> Linus Allmark, who you just mentioned. Jacob Markstrom, Philip Gustafson. And then I guess if you want to put him in the conversation, Samuel Erson out of Philly and Jonas Johansson in Tampa Bay. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's clearly Allmark or Markstrom. And this is one where I need to know how you're going to play. You want to go fire wagon hockey, open it up. Uh, give me Jacob Markstrom. But Swedes don't tend to do that. They, they tend to play a more structured, sound system and rely on trying to shut things down. And in that case, I think Linus Allmark might be a better fit. Numerically speaking, there's not really much to choose from between Markstrom and Allmark. Because no, Markstrom, like, like I said, yeah. like legitimately Markstrom is having... He's had a very good year. Yeah, he's, he won't be a Vesna finalist because of where the, the Flames are, but if he keeps this up, he absolutely should be. And again, the interesting thing, though, is even within this, like, the underlying context on that is, he is like, it reminds me of when he was here and he had to stop bullets in his teeth because mm-hmm. they were giving up great A's all night. Like He's making these remarkable saves, and then every once in a while, actually not every once in a while, on a higher percentage than most starters in the NHL, a soft one goes in. And I think that's one of the reasons I would pick maybe Elmark on the big stage is because in what's likely to be low-scoring hockey, you can't afford the bad one. We got two left. It's the most difficult and then the most concerning. We'll start with the most difficult, and that's Team USA. Oh, Thatcher Demko, Connor Hellebuck, Jeremy Swayman, Jake Ottinger. I mean, there's other guys, too. but those I should are the... say, You could probably keep going. We'd probably go seven or eight deep. Like... Joey Decord, Alex Lyon, Jonathan Quick, John Gibson, Charlie Lindgren, Alex Nedeljkovich. We can keep going, but they've got a lot of goalies. But those, are... I would say this is a choice between Demko, Hellebuck, and Swayman, right? Ottinger's not having a tremendous year in Dallas, although he is very good. Yeah, no, it's probably those three. Um, the only, as much as I've, I've lauded his work and he's got the right mindset for it and he should totally be an option, um, you know, just because of the nature of the tandem, he doesn't have a ton of experience. Swayman, the only box that gets checked in his favor compared to the other two is puck handling. Um, Again, to me, it's a little bit of systems. If your team prevents east-west, mm-hmm. nobody's better in straight lines in the world than Connor Hellebuck. Okay. You're going to give up laterals? I want, I, I want Thatcher Demko. And the numbers, like, like Hellebuck's numbers, when you make him go east-west, they don't quite fall off a cliff, but they're not that far from that. They're better this year than they have been in recent years, but that's the one thing the Jets have always done well in front of him. They prevent lateral plays across the middle of the ice, and it's a key for him. Um, it's not that he's... He's not bad at it, but he's so good at everything else, and he's just sort of average at that. So, um, again, like if we think this is going to be a team loaded with sort of offensive defensemen on the blue line trying to push the pace, but they might give up odd man rushes, that might lean it back towards Thatcher Demko. But pretty much everything else, just from an experience standpoint, um, is probably going to favor Connor Hellebuck. So, finally... Team Canada. Now, I'm just going to read out the eight leading Canadian goalies in terms of wins. It was just the first thing that popped up statistically, but I guess it's a pretty good indication of who the most prevalent Canadian goalies are. Laddie always loves judging goalies based on wins. Well, you know what I mean. Like, it's a good way to filter Nothing, it. Yeah, it's a good I know, filter. I know, really. I, know, All that matters. I know what Laddie's going to think. Yeah. Yeah, do, should, should I tell you who's, who is going to be before we do this? Yeah, do You it. know yeah. what? I don't even have to read the like, list. Go for it. Well... I was I was actually going to say Jordan Bennington because I just love having this argument. Okay, I'm just trying to like this just creates a great debate. Yeah, uh, I guess Aiden Hill's in this conversation as yeah, well. But again, he is. man, you better you better you better be defending. Again, it's not like about great defense; it's how you defend, and you better be on the same page with that. Because if he you get open looks in the middle of the ice, uh, sort of top of the hash marks, it's not even in tight where everybody else scores. Um, he's very gettable. Vegas just doesn't give that up. No. So, um, Bennington to me is actually the, probably the as much as Hill's numbers are spectacular for a year and a half now. I can't do it. I'm sorry. 
Benner's on a heat. Benner, Benner, Benner at the start of the year, just absolute heater, showed what he's capable of when he's rested. So, um, yeah, yeah, those two would be my pick. Kev, are, on Who paper, else we got? Kev, on paper, are the Americans the better team? Probably. Yeah, I think they I mean, I haven't done the exercise beyond the goaltending, but, man, like, like when you look at the goaltending itself, and that's the thing, though, like, Bennington is capable of playing – at that level, Hill showed last year for all the talk about how good they were defensively, and I just said it myself. The reality is, the level he played at in the postseason, if you did it over the course of a season, would win a Vesna. And guess what? He's actually doing better than that this year. He's just been hurt. So, um, and actually, that is a fair point. Hill's inability to stay healthy is is real at this point. It's not just this year. And so you, if you're going to take him, you better make sure you have Bennington in the chamber because there's a chance you need him. Can I, you imagine if this Four Nations tournament doesn't come down to a final between Canada and the U.S.? Yeah. The NHL is going to be like, ah, oh, this was a mistake. Yeah. We should have only had the Americans and the Canadians. Okay, okay Kevin, I do want to throw out one name for the Canadian goalie because he— Give me a lane. Because I'll be honest, top, I can't even off the top of my head name eight that I would consider that quality. Stuart Skinner. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's that's an oversight on my part. He's mm-hmm. played really well, but again, um, you know, I know the you're team Canada. You're not going to play like the Oilers did at I the know. start of the season. But it's hard for me to get that out of my head. I, I need to see a playoff run this year. I thought some teams targeted some very specific things on Stewart in the playoffs last year, and there was exposure. Let's see if that exposure continues or if he settled it down this time. The, the eight for the purposes of this conversation are here. We go. <laughs> Stuart Skinner, Connor Ingram, Jordan Binnington, Logan Thompson, Cam Talbot, Tristan Jari, Scott Wedgwood, and Aiden Hill. That's the eight. Okay. There's another name on there that you're going to laugh at, um, and he wouldn't be in my top three right now, but he has the capability of it. Uh, like Connor Ingram's underlying numbers, and this is the reason I, you know, when I talked to the reporter in Arizona, Craig Morgan, when they needed a goalie last season, I said, this is the guy you go get off waivers. Like he's just constantly produced really, sometimes it looks like he's playing goal. Like it's sort of that Tim Thomas, not style wise, but it just looks like an unmade bed. Like it's not the cleanest thing, but the numbers he produces are consistently great. So uh, he, he could be a sleeper candidate. I think if you check save percentages, like since the calendar year uh, 2003 started, like he might be like top five, top 10 in the entire league. Okay. Anybody else? No, that's like that's, that's. I'm actually surprised. Anyone in junior right now? Like yeah. promising <laughs> off the goaltending convention. I found four. I'm not even like I scrolled all the way down. I'm like, could we get emotional support for Mark Andre Fleury? Like, could he be? Could he be like, wow, it's hey, such a good story? Hey, trade de- we started this with trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. Fleury's underlings are not bad, and like I would normally be touting him. Like he's a good depth option. Should the Oilers abs? Like he is way better than his raw numbers would indicate this season. But last year's playoffs. After a, a season similar in Minnesota where these numbers were really good, and I'm like, everybody's sleeping on this guy, and then he gets in in the second end of back-to-backs and just absolutely looks like old flurry, super aggressive out of position. It's like, uh, I just I don't know that I can go to that well, especially on the international. It'd be a hell of a story. The narrative in me, the narrative writer guy in me loves it, but yeah. the analyst, analytics guy in me says sorry. See, this is why I'm excited about the return of international competition. These conversations are great. Kev, thanks for doing this, bud. We really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week we'll do this in not one but two weeks time sounds good guys thank you that's uh kevin woodley a presentation of white rock hyundai here on the halford and bruff show on sportsnet 650 yeah it's uh this is what i love about it this is why when people were pushing back earlier and i didn't now here's the thing i did not see and i wasn't granted i wasn't paying super close attention but i did not see a huge 
backlash on social media or otherwise mm-hmm. about this Four Nations tournament. Did you? No. I wasn't on social media much this week. Right. Maybe that was it. Did you guys, yeah. A-Dog, Laddie, did you see people openly complaining about the format or the fact that it's only Four Nations or anything? Not really. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's yeah. just... I don't uh, think it got a lot of attention this which weekend. Which is weird because I... I yeah. mean, maybe it's our fascination with international competition. No, I don't think so. I don't um, know. I mean, they did have uh, a special media avail uh Pedersen I think represented represented Sweden in that media avail and yes. you know McDavid was there for Canada um but neither of those guys are going to say anything particularly inflammatory um you know I think uh I think this is going to get interesting again as first of all what it is by itself and we're going to be able to go through the rosters and pick out rosters and are always, you know, exciting to talk about or at least interesting to talk about. You know, you go back the years, I remember it's like, should Mike Camilleri be on Team Canada? Oh, that wow. sort of stuff, right? Remember Mike when the, Camilleri pulled. Remember when uh, Kunitz made the team uh, in, in yeah. Sochi just because, you know, he's Sid's line mate. And there was Kunitz. that there yeah. was that theory out there like Sid isn't easy to play with or something. So you get a guy that he has guaranteed chemistry. At any rate, like story, I mean, that's a decade old story now, right? But you're going to have that. Um, you're going to have, should Connor Bedard be on Team Canada? Something like that. Yeah. And, and we've we've had that before, I believe, with, was it Sid on one of the Olympic teams? That Did he not make one of the Olympic teams? The 2010. Was he available? No, no, no. He, he made that team. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was, he was on that. Actually, My bad. No, no, no. Maybe 2006. It was, <laughs> it was Torino. 2006. He was a rookie. It was him and Eric Stahl. That they were like, these guys are the bright young stars. Right. Right. And then yeah, they took yeah. Todd Bertuzzi. And they, uh, went, they went with the vets. So yeah. you'll have those types of conversations again. But um, it, it, I think it also really is going to serve as an appetizer for the Olympics. Because whoever wins the Olympics, you know, wins this current era of of hockey yeah. like these four nations things will be interesting but only as you know in itself it'll be interesting if the americans have i would almost like this sounds weird but i kind of want the americans to win this four nations tournament and then canada to come back and win the olympics like you know how it usually goes for the women's like the, yeah. the american women will not all the time uh, the American woman will win like the worlds, yeah, but then Canada. Back and forth. But no, but no, but it'll be more. The Americans will win the worlds, right. and then the Canadians will clutch up at the Olympics. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, you know like I mean? it alternates. No, like, it doesn't world, always. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't always play out like that. Um, but typically it has, and then you can be like, yeah, 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 enjoy your world, or you can just be like, enjoy your Four Nations Championship. Well, we're just going to wear gold medals from the Olympics again. Tim in Vancouver pointing out uh, Rob, Rob Zamner. Zamner. Yeah, Zamner. 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 Rob Zamner. He's from Oakville, Ontario, okay? Yeah. I think I know. It was Zamner. 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 No, yeah, that, that was the 98. It was, it was Rick Zombo. And, Rick Zombo. And, and Rob, Rob Zombo. Stop getting your Rob Zombo. Zed names yeah. mixed up. Yeah. Um, he was. Regular the, guy. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.